the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, your Master of Fun and Wonder, your Viceroy of Verisimilitude, and your existential Mr. Rogers, as John Campia likes to call me, mm-hmm. Robert Meyer Burnett, and I am here with the Enchantress of Effervescence, she of a thousand voices, the lovely Chris Carr. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Well, Chris, hey, this hey. is the 11th issue of the Weekly Hero. Can you believe we've done 11 We're shows together? We're more than together? two hands. Wow. I, I can't believe thought, we haven't been canceled. Uh, it's unbelievable with the stuff that you and I, that we say. I know. I can't believe that, you know, they've come with pitchforks. and. We've been pretty tame since we went live, though. We had some moments when we weren't live that we were like, and we'll correct that. <laughs> really? So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's great to be here. This is live. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working without a net on this show. Let me tell exactly. you. Uh, we're talking about, of course, here, the weekly hero. We discuss things that are superheroic, superheroic related. Things that maybe we just wish we were superheroic about. Yeah. Like my homework in the fourth grade, but I never was. Oh. So anyway, you know, we have an off the top. We do. We have an off the top right away. I am Groot. Uh, we, we now have definitive, again, as they say, definitive proof of Groot. Is, is the Groot that we just saw in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, is that Groot the same Groot? As the Groot from the first Guardians of the Galaxy, or is it a different Groot? Is it reincarnated? Is it what? What is it? He Chris, is his, tell us. <laughs> it's his progeny. So according to James Gunn, this is a totally different Groot. It is not even physically possible for him to be the same Groot. "Quote: He is much broader than OG Groot ever was. He's his progeny and totally different." So that's the end-all, be-all word on this. We have a different version of Groot here, and that's why he's gone through such a different metamorphosis. Not only you know physically, but also his attitude. Because our, our original Groot was kind of a gentle giant. He was a sweet boy. It's true. And, and this Groot's been a little kind of moody little pisser. Yeah, you know, and he's, he's, he's like built like a tree trunk. Yeah. Uh, he's a big guy. He's swole Groot now. I mean, look swole at this beefy Groot. fella. You said that on the show this morning. I'm going to call him that. I didn't think of him yeah. that. You said it. Swole Groot. Now, swole Groot. How do you think? Uh, how do you think this is going to play out? Is this going to be significantly different as far as Groots are concerned to the rest of the Guardians franchise? What, 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 what do you think Guardians 3 has in store for Groot? I mean, I'm wondering if we're getting an entirely different Groot from what we just saw in the Christmas special, you know, because he keeps changing and evolving. We've had baby Groot for a minute, but then we've had the angsty teenage Groot. Now we've got swole Groot. I'm wondering if he's sticking around or if we're going to have now a fully grown, more adult version of Groot, or if this is it, if this is his final metamorphosis, if he's just a stockier fella. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I really did enjoy his portrayal in the holiday special. I loved him. I Who knew that he was such a craftsperson? I know. Making those beautiful dioramas. I really love that. Stunning. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I've kind of got a hankering uh, uh, for Nebula. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, she's so beautiful, yet so distant. And, and so... do you know in real life she's a redhead? Oh, I know. You're aware? Oh, cool. I'm aware. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, but, you know, as far as cybernetic humanoid species yeah, go... She is a babe. Yeah. She's a Sinead O'Connor of the space waves. And, and space just waves. as scary. And she, yes, <laughs> it's been seven hours and 15 light years. 
Since you took your love away. Well done. Like that? I love that. Uh, Oh, look at that. Come on. Nothing Mm -hmm. compares to you. Yeah. Man, when she ripped that picture of the Pope in volume two, that was wild. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I hope to see more of her. And I'm glad I have a hot toy figure of her, you know. Me too. Keep her closer to my heart. Yeah. We we showed her on one of our previous episodes, we did. didn't we? Yeah, yes, you can go back and watch it. We those. did. You can go back and watch it. And uh, she's great. Yeah. Karen, you're great. She can be anybody's companion as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, something interesting, something, this is unexpected. This is hot off the presses, y'all. This is, I said y'all. Oh, I'm running off on you. Yay. Uh, so this is hot off the presses. The great Frank Miller. Uh, love him. Hate him. I mean... For me, growing up, especially being in the 80s, he was one of the goats. I mean, obviously, his Daredevil run is legendary. Oh, absolutely. Man killed Elektra. Mm-hmm. Then brought, him, brought her back. As one does. <laughs> Why not? And then, of course, uh, his, his, his seminal series, Ronin, which is one of the first direct sale-only books I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Still, I'm trying to figure it out this day. You know, it's been <laughs> 40, 45 years. But, and then, of course, The Dark Knight Returns yep. and Dark Knight 2 and then... Dark Knight, the Master Race. Batman, I mean, one. Yeah, absolutely. Sin City. I, I mean, Rusty Oof. and Big Guy the Robot. Yeah. Or Big Guy, Rusty and Big, was it Big, big, what, big Rusty? And, the, you know, that one. Uh, so there's there's a lot of work. He's a great, uh, great, great, great comic talent, both as a writer and an artist. I never would have thought. Now, he discovered Hugo Pratt's seafaring graphic novels from 1967, mm-hmm. the year I was born. Oh, wow. That's how effing old I am. Um, <laughs> Cordo Maltese, uh, about a swashbuckling seafaring captain in the early part of the 19th or 20th century. Yeah. And and he's going to helm a TV series of it, a live action. Like, right? Did you guys see the spirit? Right. Um, uh, you know, everybody everybody deserves another chance at that. Um, I think this could be fairly interesting, um, but not cheap. You know, I, uh, Steven Spielberg once said, "Don't don't ever shoot with kids or shoot on water." Yeah. I think that was him. Or shoot and, kids, or shoot Whatever. kids on water. Um, he 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 never listened to himself. Yeah, I, maybe that wasn't Spielberg who said it, but this seems to be obviously, you know, it's a period piece, uh, sea adventure. Which I love. Yeah. You know, we've got uh, Netflix's 1899 just dropped, another sea adventure. We've had things like Black Sails recently that was a very so cool show. Good. So good. I loved that show. Love the movie. I couldn't um, believe the budget on Black Sails. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. And Master and Commander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think, Chris? Does this interest you? I mean, it does, but I'm cautiously optimistic because it's a really cool story where, you know, Cordo interacts with so many significant figures, particularly within literature. He meets Hemingway. He interacts with Butch Cassidy. Um, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff that goes on here, plus all of the the swashbuckling shenanigans that we get from this. Too. And I love this art, by the way. Oh, it's great. It's great art. I love the style of all of this. But, you know... Miller's scene work that he did in the Sin City uh, film, I thought he did a great job directing that. However, like his, his one scene, right, with, uh, I think he worked on the Benicio part, or was that Quentin? He got to do something. He got to do a few things where he got to work with Robert. When it came to the spirit, I was not so enamored with his directing uh, no. style. Um, obviously, the spirit is a very, very stylized story. 
that for me did not translate to film, but hey, yeah, I think people believe in second, should get second chances. I was talking about how I'd welcome Ryan Johnson back into Star Wars with open arms. Oh, great. You know? Now that's two shows no one's going to watch. I know. No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No. I'm sorry. But I'm with you, to be fair. Yeah. I think there's no reason why Ryan Johnson, it wasn't Ryan Johnson that shipwrecked Luke on Achto. Exactly. It wasn't him. That wasn't his fault. Yeah, and come you know, on. T- uh, like we talked about today on the main show too, Taika Waititi. I would watch anything that he does. Just Except because there's a, Thunder again. a film that I wasn't super crazy about, no worries. He'll make others. He has tons of bangers that I want to watch. So I think this could do well, especially, you know, the people who are working with him on this. Um, in this deadline article, say that they believe no one else except for Frank Miller could interpret this for what they need in a live action. That film. is, I mean, that's interesting to to say. I mean, look at this. The, uh, clearly, the the beauty of this art leaps off the page. It oh, yeah. feels you can feel the cold of the sea in this art, and it's it's really terrific. And if nothing else, it's going to bring more attention to this series of graphic novels. And I only have one of these. Oh, really? And yeah, and I would love to get more. And to be honest, I got it a long time ago. Oh, you can get a big old guy of the the Ballad of the Salt in the Sea, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. Uh, yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get that. So it's really interesting. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see his role on the show and how he works with everyone else. Look at that. Come yeah. on now. It's just a cool style. And I'm hoping because, you know, we have seen him really really adhere to the actual panel stylings of things i'm hoping that this translates better so we have this kind of beautiful still a little pulpy throwback kind of show that still translates to the no i would love that and look the fact that this show's getting made at all is what we should all be celebrating because how great is that love it yeah you'll love to see it happen i do i I think it's i think it's great bringing great art uh back from the past into the future that's what it's all about, people. Mm-hmm. You know what else it's all about or not all about? What? Professor Xavier. Yeah, it's apparently not about Professor Xavier. You know who's not going to be Professor Xavier ever again? James McAvoy. James McAvoy. So he says. Allegedly. You know, I don't believe anything anybody says anymore. No, and, I don't and trust it, or love anyone. I mean, I love James McAvoy is a great actor. I got to meet him and interact with him a little bit because I worked on Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He was, of course, Mr. Tumnus. Yes. And he was a great Mr. Tumnus, delightful guy. Uh, he's turned in some stellar performances through the year, incredible. years, and I thought he was terrific as Xavier in X-Men First Class and moving forward through the franchise. I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Phenomenal in Split. He was oh, so, so good. good in Split. Uh, really just, he's really just a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, is it surprising to you that he has said he is not going to come back as Professor Xavier? You know, a little bit because it's this GQ interview where he's talking about how he's already moved on basically because that's right. what you do as an actor is you just move on and that's all you can do really but it's this other line in there of I definitely haven't gotten the call to enter the MCU and if I had I wouldn't tell you and that's the part of it that makes me go oh we've been here before <laughs> look I look at it this way uh as far as Secret Wars is concerned, it's the culmination of the multiverse, it's battle world, it's all of that. They don't have enough main characters. They need everybody. In order to make Secret Wars worthy of being Secret Wars, yeah. they have to bring back every actor that's ever, ever appeared in. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicolas Cage comes back as Ghost Rider at this point. Jennifer Gardner, come back as Electra. You heard it here first. Why wouldn't they? They're going to have to do that. People are like, no, Rob, we don't want that. I'm like, come on, she's a redhead, kind of. Let's go. Um, Jennifer Garner's great. She is great. I love her. I, I love her, too. Do you watch her fake cooking show on Instagram? Uh, no. 
It's adorable. You should watch it. I saw her in an ad with Donny Osmond. Oh, she loves Donny Osmond. Las Vegas. Yeah. I think for her birthday, her friend surprised her with getting to like meet him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I saw it on Facebook this weekend. It was great. But I, I look, I, I'm of the belief that in order to make Secret Wars what it's going to be, what they hope, I mean, we're talking the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars have to rival Infinity War and Endgame. I think they have to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin Feige is indeed ever going to leave the MCU, it's going to be after Secret Wars. That might be his. That'll look, be his swan song? There she is. And that's her doing her cooking show. It's so cute, you guys. Everybody's going to be in Secret Wars, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they'll even do a universal crossover and bring the DC characters because I want Shaquille O'Neal to play Steel in Secret Wars. Really? You no. want that? No, okay. I don't. But <laughs> but you know, in, 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 uh, 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 I'm trying to be entertaining here. Um, but no, so I do believe we're going to see him again. Yeah. I don't believe him. By the way, they were going to make hot toys of of him, but they never did. That's a shame. I know. Yeah. They had prototypes, but they never made him. Bummer. Speaking of what is bummer, legendary pictures. Ooh, this is breaking news. Breaking news. This is breaking news. This morning. So for those of you who are wondering, what who what is Legendary Pictures? Legendary Entertainment has been the partner of Warner Brothers partnering up on the Nolan Batman films, on Superman Returns, on Pacific Rim, on the Monsterverse, and most recently on Dune. And so what they were doing is they were financing the majority, I mean, a lot of these movies. Yes. And they were a really big partner with one of those. Because unlike some people, uh, you have to understand that a movie theater, a movie theater, a movie studio does not have a bunch of money in some vault underneath a soundstage. They have to partner up with financiers in order to be able to pay for giant tentpole pictures. And Legendary has been crucial to Warner Brothers for the better part of the last 20 years. Um, They hit a bit of a roadblock with one another during the pandemic when um, Jason Killar decided to, although I've heard this was Toby Emmerich's strategy in the hopes that he would ingratiate himself to HBO Max so he could Mm. move over to the streaming world. Very Machiavellian. Didn't really work out, though, for you, Toby. Mm. Sorry. Uh, I like frequency. It's cool. But um, so uh, what happened was they decided to release Dune uh, both day and date on HBO Max and theatrically. Dune is, of course, a big franchise. They're now making the Sisterhood right now in Europe, which is the origins of the Bene Gesserit Sisterhood that takes place 10,000 years before Dune. That's an HBO Max show that's in production now along with Dune 2. So Legendary had big plans for this franchise. Uh, and of course, it won Oscars. Yeah. It was a beautifully made film. Denis Villeneuve directed the hell out of it. And yet they released it on TV on HBO Max the same day. But the kicker was they didn't bother to tell Legendary they were going to do this. Nope. And so that caused the great schism. And I think after that, the relationship was irreplaceable. So Chris, what was announced today? Oh, Legendary is leaving WB for Sony. They're packing their bags. Yeah. They're wagon training across the hill. Oh, and, and it to absolutely. Culver City. To, to good old Culver. Founded by Nebraskans. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, the great thing about that is they have a water tower, just like Warner Brothers has a water tower, yeah. or at least they used to. I think they still do. 
They still have a back lot. That's important. So, I mean, this is um, this is really interesting to me. What I really like about this is they're moving over to, to Sony, and Sony does not have a streaming service. No, and that is a big point in this merger. In Variety, they uh, released the press release that they have here saying that the companies are aligned in their ongoing commitment to theatrical distribution as a driver for other downstream windows and the theatrical windows long-term value for films. I mean, here's the thing. First of all, I love Sony because they still make great physical media. See, there is a water tower. There you go. So they go from the WB water tower to the Sony water tower, which is fantastic. By the way, uh, when I worked at Warner Brothers, Columbia was on the same lot as oh. yeah, as Warner Brothers. And then they moved over. Mm-hmm. And then Columbia was became Sony. That's just an aside. But I think this is a great move for Legendary. It's a great move for Sony. Uh, it solidifies the fact that they've got a pretty great financing source. Legendary, they have a big Chinese component now. They're keeping Chinese distribution for themselves. That was part of the deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they will have inroads into the Chinese market, which is also good for Sony. Yeah. And um, I think this is a great move all around, making films and making all kinds of content. You've got PlayStation there. So please, I want a Pacific Rim game. I mean, I don't know if the ownership, what they can do with that. Maybe not. Give me one. I want that so much now. I know. Wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. I'd love like a Melee Pacific Rim game. That first movie was so good so good the second movie mm, not so much you know i was kind of bummed out by that but Mm -hmm. but this is a really interesting business decision we knew it was a long time coming their relationship had been coming apart for a long time so it's nice to see that legendary has moved over to sony and i think that we're going to get uh, great stuff from them and they're committed to theatrical releases exactly give me a sequel to detective pikachu give it to me now legendary well there you go i mean if they've retained enough rights they might, they might get that. I'd like that. But you know what we'd like even more? Our issues. Well, yes, but we don't get our issues yet until we hear from the sponsor for this show, which is MeUndies. The holidays are officially upon us and it's time to start celebrating. Do your thing and holiday your way with MeUndies. Because it's the most wonderful time of the year to try MeUndies. Because they're currently offering a very merry deal. Get 20% off your first purchase with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash Campia. Guys, you know I've been wearing MeUndies for a while now because I used to be like everybody else. I would go to the big store, buy the biggest box of the most generic underwear and I thought that was good enough. But ever since I started MeUndies and started wearing wearing the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn in my life. I swear on this Christmas season, I will never go back. So get your holiday shopping finished early and start making time for yourself with the new MeUndies Holiday Collection. Their undies, long underwear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you've ever felt and are guaranteed to bring you comfort and joy to all of your loved ones. Shop their classic plaid prints for a traditional, picture-perfect style or get festive with their adventurous limited-edition sweater prints. Available in sizes extra small, all the way through 4XL, MeUndies has what you need to make all of your favorite people smile this holiday season all in one convenient place. So to get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com Campia. And thanks to MeUndies for sponsoring issue 11 of The Weekly Hero, which brings us to the point I know you all are waiting for. Chris and I, we have issues yeah, between we do. us. Sometimes we are on the same page. Other times we're not. No. But we're going to talk about, of course, well, some character took center stage finally 
We finally heard them speak. Yes. We finally heard them demand treats. Mm -hmm. And we saw what kind of Christmas gifts they feel are worthy of their friends and family. We're, of course, talking about Cosmo the Space Dog, Chris. Cosmo the Space Dog. Look at that goodest boy. Voiced by Borat's favorite lady. Oh, yeah, his daughter. Uh, Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. She does a great job, too. This is the perfect voice for this dog. She was great. So in Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Cosmo the Space Dog. Of course, Cosmo uh, hails from Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who might not know, there is a movie, a beautiful film made by Lassie Hallstrom called My Life as a Dog. It is a coming of age story. But when I first saw this movie, I really identified with it because the main character who's a a boy uh, would talk about Laika the space dog, which is the first space dog. And the Russians fired Laika up into orbit. Laika was never coming home. And and he would this this character would always say, you know, as bad as my life could get. It's not as bad as Laika the Space Dog, because Laika the Space Dog's fate was to just go suffocate and die alone in orbit in it's a Russian so space horrible. capsule. Well, you know what? Perhaps that's not what happened, because the collector found him in space, or found her mm-hmm. in space, and because it's her now, uh, and brought her to nowhere where she became the head of security. At least that's what happens in the movies yeah. and in the comics. It's a hybrid. Mm-hmm. But tell us, Chris. Where did where did Cosmo the space dog first come? Where where did Cosmo first show up? So we first see Cosmo in uh, 2008. So a relatively newer character. Newer character. And Cosmo first appears in Nova Volume Four, Issue Eight, and we'll see Cosmo in both Issue Eight and Issue Nine. So basically, uh, Richard Ryder, who is Nova in this, uh, gets stranded, is very confused about where he is, sees this dog, goes to pet it. And then the dog begins communicating with him telepathically. And he's like, what the hell? And that is our first instance of meeting Cosmo. He lets Ryder know that he's on nowhere. He explains to him what's been going on a little bit um, and just kind of helps get him off planet, which is really, really lovely. And we just meet this wonderful, wonderful good boy with a Russian accent. By the way, Cosmo is a Labrador. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I mean, later on, as we go through with Cosmo too, we learn more about his powers and capabilities. Cause it's not just telekinesis no. uh, and telepath work. There's like a psionic bark. Um, he ages more slowly. So he's hundreds of years old in certain storylines because of space travel, right? How that would work out. Um, time father, dilation in, in space yeah, at light speeds, father to, to many a pupper, um, feared by many of the galaxy's worst. And, you know, I mean, what I love about this is, uh, of course, when Star-Lord left Earth, there was still a Soviet Union so they can bond over that spacesuit. Yes. The CCCP. Oh, yeah. I just love I love that they write out the kind of phonetic dialect work, too, for Cosmo in this. It's really, really fun. Uh, Like we have one line, too, where he's like, yet. No, it's not like that. Um, And it's so cute. I just love this little Russian dog so much. And they did a great, I thought they did a great job of portraying Cosmo in the holiday special. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's going to, of, of course, now that the Guardians of the Galaxy own Nowhere, yeah. they bought they bought Nowhere from the Collector. Mm-hmm. I guess the Collector left Cosmo behind, or maybe the Collector gave him a choice. Well, and you know, the Guardians do a lot of mercenary work when they are not saving the galaxy and everything. That's how they thrive. So I'm sure they put some scraps together and, and did what they needed to do. So was it, uh, was it a joyous thing hearing uh, Cosmo? 
I loved it so much. I did too. I was so happy. Because in uh, Taylor just brought up this image. Uh, Cosmo is a big part of the latest Guardians of the Galaxy video game too. And so it's been really nice getting him peppered in there and everything. Because we saw a glimpse, right? When he was in holding in the collectors. Yes. But but now, front and center. Look at him. Look at him. He's so cute and vicious and I love him so much. I don't know about those teeth. He's a dog, Taylor. Don't don't teeth shame this puppy. Yeah, He's been on, lost man. in space. It's true. He doesn't have dental care. <laughs> All right. True too. It's the most American thing about him. He has no dental. So Cosmo is here. I mean, like you said, a relatively new character, 14-year-old yeah. Marvel character. Created by Dan Abnett and uh Andy Lanning. Andy Lanning. Andy Lanning. Yep. And mm -hmm. they they are great. I have mm -hmm. many of the I have many of that run actually in hardcover. They also did great uh, Annihilation, the Annihilation yes. storyline. Where they bring Cosmo back in again in that too. Yes, and that's when do. we get a bunch of that psionic bark kind of stuff. Oh, it's really, oh, really look cool. Look at that. Look at that. Mm. Rocket and Cosmo. So what well a team. Done. They're gonna bring us another Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, apparently. <laughs> I loved that little button at the end. That was perfect. Well, you know, speaking about James Gunn and his creations, we have a we have a hint from Mr. Gunn and the future of DC Studios and mm -hmm. something they could possibly do. And maybe if he sees this segment, James, uh, take a little hint from today's Hot Toys segment. Wink, wink. Killing it with the segues, R&B. Dang. Hello, everybody. I am here with the Viceroy of Verisimilitude, the Titan of Twerking, and the Seeker of Sisters. <laughs> they grow up. <laughs> Rob, what do you have for us today? Okay, today, despite what our fearless leader, John Campion, may think, Batman Beyond is a favorite character of many, including the designers of the Arkham Knights game. And they, Hot Toys, in their infinite wisdom, made a Batman Beyond figure as Batman Beyond appears in the Arkham Knights game. This is one of Hot Toys' greatest... I think figures, if you look at the elaborate nature of the armor, the accessories, uh, I think this is a, a top tier figure for Hot Toys. It is incredibly well done. Um, I cannot wait uh -oh. to see this thing. Wow, okay. I'm sorry, Rob, okay, I'm ready, sorry. This ready. is my first time looking at this thing. I've been wanting to buy this for the longest time and Rob absolutely has this beauty. Now, here's the thing. It comes with a lot more accessories than you see here. It's just I didn't, I, I put him like, try to put him in a various action pose. He's got, he comes with different kinds of batarangs. I mean, look at that arm. Look at that, look at the paint. The paint is phenomenal. Even where his six pack should be right here, we got the little, and, and they mark it up a little bit. So it looks like it's, uh, Oh, wow, the wing set, too. Is this wired, too? Yeah. Is there a wire in yeah, this? The, there's wiring in the wings uh, for posability. I mean, this is an A-list figure. This is the Batman Beyond I would have bought if I if I actually had a, a hot toy. Tip on the, uh, uh, the wire thing. If you get a figure with a cape, get one with a wire. Oh, yeah, the wire. Get one with a wire. Um, this thing looks phenomenal. Even though it's not die-cast, the way they paint it makes it look like it's metal. And it's really thick. And look at how there's a fabric undersuit over the armor. My my only gripe with it is I'm a short ear Batman guy. Uh, I am a short okay. ear Batman guy, but it works for this Batman Beyond. Well, yeah, because he's flying bat, you know. Right, right. But I'm a short ear Batman guy, but this thing, it looks incredible. Look at the logo right here. And I know that there's a lot of Hot Toys figures that don't necessarily collect game figures. 
But that's a pretty dope ass figure. Is this the first Batman Beyond or only Batman Beyond hot so, toy? Oh, yes. Well, this is the one to get. Yeah, it's the one to get. It's expensive now if you can find it. Uh, I have him displayed with my Deathstroke the Terminator, which is just awesome. I think I'm going to have to leave this here, though, because I need John to recognize. John's got to know that one day, mark my words, James Gunn's going to make sure there's a Batman Beyond movie. Heck yeah. And but this I'm, is beautiful. Right? I love it. I love it. I'm going to steal it. Actually. No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to leave it here for a very long I'm gonna, time. I'm going to leave it here. I'm leave for it a long here. time, right? Yeah, I'll leave it here. Thank you. I'll leave it here. It won't be here no more. I mean, what can you say? A Hot Toys Triumph! Come, come on, James Gunn. Make a Batman Beyond movie. We all want to see it. And you know what? That means we can solidify and make every Friday here at the John Campia Show Batman Beyond Friday. The crew wants it. We all want it. You want I it. We should start a letter writing campaign to DC Studios right now. Tell them Rob Burnett sent you. It'll be great. Batman Beyond movie. You know what else will be great, Chris? What? We get to hear from our viewers. It's so great. Because we're live. Yeah. This is only the third time we've been live. I know. I think we're doing okay, too. I think we're okay. I mean, yeah. if, you know, if we're not being entertaining, write down and tell us Let what's us wrong know. with us. Write down We're in open comments. to your constructive criticisms. Yeah, as long as they're constructive. Yeah. What if they're not constructive? Well, then fuck you. No. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a great way to start the show there, Chris. Let's see what our viewers have to say. Who's first? First, Glenn Mark. Hello, One Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Cure me. How did your last VO students do, Chris? After you spoke two weeks ago about the gargoyles-like copy I wrote, I went back and listened to our recording. Oh, man, so much fun. I know your students will have a... Ball. Ball. Okay, thank you. Uh, do you remember that I uh, had the gall to add more to Logan's script? <laughs> Bit embarrassed now. No excuse that I'm too passionate sometimes. Oh, uh, Glenn, Logan and I still talk about how great it was. All the backstory you gave us and the stuff you added to your copy was brilliant. And that was your personal custom copy, so we're glad you did it. That's what happens when you get customized stuff. It's a collaboration. Um, my last group of students did really great. My advanced students were wonderful. A couple of them I'm cutting demos with this week. And then I just did my intro to VO Boot Camp, which was the entire four-week class I used to do all in four hours. Wow. We're going to make it five hours. I talk too much. Um, but they all did really nice. And they start um, their class, uh, their advanced one in January. I think I scooched down too. There we go. I got excited and started falling. <laughs> but thank you for asking, Glenn. I do the opposite. Damn it. <laughs> I really did walk into that, though. God, okay. Well, Chris, if people are interested in taking your voiceover classes, where can people find them? Oh, my God. Thank you, Taylor. You can go over to speakfriendstudio.com or you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we also partner with EEB Studios for our group classes. So you can go to any of those three areas to find out more about us. And your voice, your voice talents are, are quite immense. Oh, thanks, dude. I try. I do it again. From Suthius. Not sure if he's facetious, but in a tweet, Gunn said that Nebula went to Earth and ripped off Bucky's arm. She's an advanced alien. It'd be easy for her. Yeah, I mean, that did look like Bucky's arm from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I mean, I maybe, you know, Bucky could finally get a date. Maybe they're destined. Maybe it was sort of a love thing. Maybe she wants him to chase her Ooh. to nowhere. Ooh. I would chase her to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. You would. From Noah Drazen, have you guys seen the new No Way Home Funko Pops? Do you plan on getting any? I definitely will. Yeah, there's like a three-pack. Oh, I haven't, seen talking these. About the, I haven't seen these either. But you guys have? Did one of you They're see They're really them? cool. Ooh. I like the Sandman. Oh, yeah, the, oh, those, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Wow. Those are all great. You know which those one's are, really that's cute? That's a great set of pops. Which one's really cute? There's one of um, Andrew Garfield. I'll put it up right now, where he has the mask in his mouth from when he's going to climb on the ceiling. <gasps> that one's so cute. That's adorable. Oh, that's great. 
Oh, I want that one. Those are all really cool pops. Mm-hmm. You could make a cool tableau. Yeah. Love those. <laughs> Pretty thanks, cool. Thanks for pointing those out for us, guys. Uh, from Attack of the Mushi, only Nebula and Rocket didn't blip, so they're close. I love that, that they really became close friends over the past few years. I mean, and they should be. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I, you know, I really want Nebula to be happy. Me she too. seems a little still unhappy. But, you know, she also lost a sister. Exactly. And after she worked really hard to, to reconcile with her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well. I'm glad she's got her little raccoon. It's true. From Tom Gillard, Rob, are you getting the Bo-Katan hot toy? Mine is arriving today. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, I, I have to say that I, uh, those Mandalorian figures, the Mandalorian armor, the real question is, do you have the heavy Mando? I think they'll probably re-release him, but yeah, I, I can't get enough Mandalorian figures, and that Bo-Katan figure right there Ooh, is a beaut. That is good. Some people don't like the, the head sculpt. I think the head sculpt's great. great. sculpt Katie. It's great. Loved it. Oh my gosh. Love it. And mine should be arriving shortly. Yes, it should. Nice. Great figure. From Hammy Reacts. Chris, thanks for the chew recommendation. Oh, yay. I loved it. Rob, Torso and Burbaker's scene of the crime are next. Yeah, you're going to love Torso. Ruby. Torso is a, it's actually a follow up to um, The Untouchables. It's a story about Elliot Ness oh, looking for basically a serial killer or a killer, a murderer. And uh, it's based also. It you know takes place later in his life. Oh, it's really great. I'll have to check that out. It's oh my really gosh. really good. And for those of you who aren't sure about what Chew is, um, that is a story about a detective who has to eat things. He has uh, telepathic or um, psychic powers basically, but through taste. So he eats at crime scenes. <laughs> great. It's Yeesh. fun time. Mm. They were going to make it a animated series, uh, and Robin Williams was attached. Oh. Yeah. Supposedly now it is with uh, David Tennant if it is moving forward. Oh, that'd be which good. Which I'm, I'm not mad about that. No. From AK, I think it's due time for WB and with DC to revive an underrated character from the 90s, Freakazoid. They can lampoon everything with CB fandom. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be a lot of fun. I could see that as, you know, maybe a companion show to Harley Quinn, if, depending on what kind of humor or how far you wanted to push it. I mean, I still call farts poo ghosts because of this show. <laughs> it's, it's Why very, not? It's highbrow humor. Poo ghosts. Poo ghosts. Yeah. And they are. From Dr. J. Hi, guys. Cracklin referred to Star-Lord as maybe the greatest hero ever. I keep thinking about it, and maybe he's right? I mean, he did take on Ronan the Accuser. I mean, maybe he is. Ego the Living Planet. Star-Lord has taken on formidable foes and triumphed in yeah. the end. And, and save the world through d- the power of dance. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's good. From Hammy Reacts, I want to write my own graphic novel. How would I find an artist to go along with my story? Thanks for everything you guys do. Well, I mean, I've actually published, self-published a comic. And um, just understand that artists are not cheap. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't think that you're going to get an artist for not. And what I, what I would do is, you know... Um, there are people on Fiverr, like send them a couple of pages if you've written yeah. a graphic novel. Fiverr is a great place to start. I mean, obviously you have to pay people. But, exactly. But you have to find somebody that you can really gel with and understand, are, do they only pencil? Do they ink their own work? Or do they color their work too? Mm-hmm. And make sure you set up all those things that you need them to do and those rates ahead of time. Ahead of time. 
So you want to make sure that everyone is compensated fairly, but also no one wastes their time. And know that uh, you'll be paying by the page. Exactly. Yes. Sometimes even by the panel, depending on who you're working with, yeah. which can be a lot. Oh, and are they going to do all the lettering, too? That's a, another whole issue. It is true. And and uh, layout as well. I yep. mean, are you going to put thought bubbles? How are you going to do that? It's, exactly. It's not as easy an undertaking as possible, but I'll tell you, it is worthwhile to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. From uh, Terehe Tiberius Mork, who's the best, the Phantom, the Shadow, or Howard the Duck? I mean, it really depends. I, I, look, I really like the Shadow. I, I really like the DC revival of the Shadow. I mean, Howard the Duck, the Steve Gerber Howard the Duck comics are great. Trapped in a world he never made. I mean, I really love that stuff. And there's a great, they did publish a hardcover omnibus of all the Howard the Duck comics. So you can get the whole series. I love Howard the Duck. I did too. But, uh, wasn't Billy Zane the Phantom though? Yes. Yeah, I yes. kind of. I, I really. Oh, I'm thinking it's so comics. Cheesy, but yeah, I, I'm. I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going movies. Movies, yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you want to talk about those three movies, I still would say, you know, the Phantom is pretty good. It's fun. Uh, people talk about it. It's you know, I like the Shadow too, mm-hmm. and the Shadow is really a great looking movie. Yeah. I think probably as a movie, the Shadow is probably better, but I like the Phantom. Yeah, have a soft spot. Shadow's Liam Neeson. Uh, yes. It's. Uh, no, 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 no. The shadow is oh, that's um, Dark Man. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, 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 Dark Man. Liam Neeson is Dark Man. Yeah, yeah. The shadow is, I want to say, Alec Baldwin. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. And then I was Val totally Kilmer the is the spirit. I mean, uh, the saint. The saint. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Love the saint. Yeah, that the saint has a great techno soundtrack. But all, the, all these classic figures are great. Howard the Duck, I own on 4K, if you would believe it. I do believe it. It's true. Oh, I and do. the saint has Elizabeth Shue, so. It's true wins from cj rebirth with aladdin turning 30 i was wondering chris if you recommend your students watch clips of robin williams doing his voice work as genie like if they needed to know what doing improv in a booth is like cj rebirth i always tell my students to look at robin williams not just because of the improv because actually a lot of times depending on what studio you're working with the script is already won animation is already being done we're not going to improvise too much um also just a a sidebar thing if you're doing commercials and things like that you are going to be word perfect because a legal team has already approved of everything um shows like archer even though they feel very like loose and improvised that is all strictly script that is all scripted um so i like to show robin williams because of how it shows how physical you have to be when you are doing voice acting you should be exhausted at the end of a session because it is so much about using your whole instrument to get the 10 percent that people are actually getting to experience to really pay off when you're doing it you feel like you're overacting if you were doing it on camera obviously it'd feel like a lot but when you play it back it makes it sound like you actually care and you can reach that mezzanine baby well said thanks Mm. from glenn mark again i love franco belgian comics so much so that it took me an entire month to translate a gil jordan comic with google translate babblefish and reverso Ooh! wow that is i mean i do love the fact that you can translate if you want Mm -hmm. any foreign language now yeah and now you can even get i think is a google translate where you can just scan it over the top of the because i use that now with a lot of my gunpla models my japanese model kits i'm like great i don't have to fear this anymore exactly i do it with a lot of the korean food that i buy Uh, to make sure i'm doing it right (laughs) well i have no comeback for that although i could have okay Never mind. <laughs> From Majestic Beast 01, is there a classic iconic film you have not seen? I haven't seen Gladiator and it makes everyone mad. What? 
you should come watch it in my house because bring Logan over. We'll have all the we'll sound. We'll watch the. I've got yes, yes. That'd be fun. It's ear splitting volume. You got to come over. It's great. And we can make olive oil. And I even have a great six scale figure of Maximus. Ooh. We can make. No, we, you don't have to. It's it's been it's it'll been be made? made by then. <gasps> That's yeah, it's a classic. Like the Romans ate. It's uh, you know I'll it'll tell you magical. this is. This is a I, there was a classic movie I'd never seen that Elizabeth and her daughter Sophie actually bought for me, and I was refusing to watch it. And when I finally sat down and watched it, I actually loved it. I've been fighting watching this movie, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name of this movie. I'm gonna hang my head in shame. Sound of music. <gasps> I know. I don't even understand how it's possible from you because yeah, the director directed Star Trek the Motion Picture. Yeah. And the Andromeda Strain? Yeah. And West Side Story? Yeah, but the thing is, too, that, yes, he directed, but also because you are a fan of the original West Side Story, you are a fan of, like, I, I've heard you reference Fiddle on the Roof, like, the musicals of that age is what I'm getting at. I know, dude. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, I, it, I just, I had this aversion to Sound of Music. All somebody had to tell me, which I didn't know, is, Rob, there are Nazis in it. Okay. Did you tear up during the Edelweiss part? I did. Every time he gets choked up on stage, I'm like, I can't handle it. I can't I, handle I it. I know. And, and the movie is actually, it's a terrific film. So I did finally see it, though. But I, I was, I, this is, I, when I say I finally saw it, I saw it like two years ago mm -hmm. for the first time. Wow. I mean, I actively did not watch it on purpose. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that movie. By the way, if you feel that way about a classic film, I'll listen to your Uncle Rob here. You're wrong. Watch the movie. If there's a classic movie you have no interest in watching, just watch it anyway. Come back to me and tell me, you know what? You were right. This is a little random. You know what classic movie made it into the Guardian's Christmas special? Santa Conquers the, the Martians. Mars, that is right. I, I said to Elizabeth, oh. I go, that's Santa Claus Conquers the Martians right there with Pia Zadora. I lost my freaking mind. I think it's they could use it because it's public domain. I own that on physical media. Well, as you should. I love it so much. It's so weird. I make Logan watch it with me every year. And so when it came on, he was like, oh, there's that horrible thing you have us watch. It's horrible. It's so bad. But in a good way. But yeah, it's a tombstone pizza kind of Christmas. From K Major, Tom Holland is your Terry McGinnis. Is he? Uh, you know, Tom Holland can apparently be everybody and he would be a great Terry McGinnis, but he is Spider-Man. You can't just, you've got to find somebody else. I just, I, I'm sure... Uh, from an acting standpoint, I'm sure Tom Holland could do it. I'm absolutely sure he could. However, I feel like there's other actors, though, who could give me a little bit more of the kind of, like, broody snarkiness that yes. early episodes Terry McGinnis has. I agree. Early issues, depending on yeah, when Yeah, I mean, Tom Holland's him. too winsome. Yeah. There's a beautiful earnestness to him. Yes. And that's kind of his golden truth, you know? It's one of the things why for Uncharted for me, I couldn't always buy into him as Nathan Drank because he is just such a earnest fella the same way that you know um atticus finch you know uh gregory peck i i would not believe him playing an uneducated man in a film no by the way do you know what movie i just recently got on 4k what to kill a mockingbird oh that's a good one just came out gosh it's a perfect film what a beautiful adaptation oh so good Ugh. so good yeah i don't know who would you want to be Justin you know, Long. In his Justin younger Long? days, that would have been good. Honestly, he I would, would have been a good time again. I mean, that's sort of my bit now. I don't know why, but I just always recommend Justin Long <laughs> for everything. Like, but I actually could see him in his younger say, years. Like, like when he was in his twenties, I think yeah. he would have been really fun. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be good. All right, from Jeffrey Lindenblatt. 
since this is your 11th issue, what is your favorite 11th issue? Oh, I'm so bad at these because I do omnibuses. Oh, I can tell you exactly what my favorite 11th issue of a comic is of all time. Of course you can. My favorite 11th issue of a comic is Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen. that's Watchmen a good has one. the greatest ending, the greatest ending of any 11th issue in the history of comic books. Man. And I don't. Well, the thing is, you all know the story. Yeah. But it's it's when it's when uh, Rorschach and Night Owl have gone to Karnak to confront Ozymandias. And there is the great they're in his Arctic base. And there's the great moment where where he explains his whole his whole plan. And and, you know, Night Owl's like, ah, ridiculous. Do you really think that there's there's any possible way that we can, we're going to let you do this? And he says to them, he says, I'm not some Republic serial villain, Dan. He doesn't say that in the in the movie, I don't think. But um, I, and there it is. He's like, do you think that I would explain my master stroke to you if there's any possible way you could have stopped it? I did it 38 minutes ago or whatever. Yeah. And then it fades to white like this. And 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 I think there is. Um, yeah. And it's got the Percy uh, uh, Shelley, the, uh, the 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 from the poem Ozymandias. And it's so great because Rorschach, it's the page before this where Rorschach and uh, and um, and Night Owl are just looking at each other and it goes to white. I remember reading this for the first time. This is the only time this ever happened to me. I was literally, when I got to the end, I was literally st- like physically stunned. Yeah. I'm reading the comic going, because the, people don't understand. It's like seeing Star Wars for the first time in 77. When you read Watchmen for the first time, I know it was kind of like all uh, Outer Limits, Architects of Fear. But when I got to the end of that comic, I, I was, it, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I couldn't believe. I, I mean, it was no. so shocking. I can't even begin. People are like, Ron Rob, it wasn't that shocking. It wasn't the it time. It was. Well, I, I didn't read that comic till gosh, two thousand and six. And I was reading it while I was a Disney intern in the green room, and I screamed. And it was just like, what is this? Well, what was crazy was a, there was a delay between when issue 11 and issue 12 came out. And issue 12 just opens with eight splash pages of dead New Yorkers. And again, it was stunning. It's intense. Ugh. So there you go. Alan Mormon. From K Major, how soon do you think we can visit, revisit Uncharted? I was sort of disappointed, Sambora. I want to see a different actor in the role, more like a Robert Pattinson type. Tom Holland is too high school musical for me. K Major, mm. I agree. I mean, I, I, I think that, I think, no offense to anybody who likes the Uncharted films, I thought it was horribly miscast. Yeah. I thought it was going to be someone in their 30s, like yep. a grown man, not like someone at the beginning. You're too young to know all that stuff and to yeah. be that bold and going out in the world like that. Like, come on. Also, you got to be like seasoned. And go someplace that's uncharted. You <laughs> Everything know, was so charted. Uh, Chris Pine would have been a good Nathan Drake. Yeah. Chris Pine. Sure. Yeah. I could see that. I, I mean, I know I know he's too old for it now, but gosh, that fan film with Nathan Fillion is great. It's yeah. great. It's so good. And he's so good as that kind of character yep. he, he could play the older character though i forget his name sully sully, sully. he could play sully now that's true but yeah. why not and then you'd have a hot sully Woo! it's a lot to deal with <laughs> <laughs> who's rob here i forget <laughs> hey she's worse than me you know i've got him saying y'all and now i say things like this that's right <laughs> it's fine you said him before that's true i didn't say y'all before yeah I'm saying it now i know y'all i get y'all at some point all right 
from CJ Rebirth. As the keeper of nostalgia, Chris, oh, I like that name for me. Have you seen the Powerpuff Girls movie, Dexter's Lab movie, and the Ed, Ed, and Eddie movie where we meet Eddie's older brother? I have only seen the Powerpuff Girls one. I have not seen those other films. I never got into Ed, Ed, and Eddie. My brother was really into it. Um, I love Dexter's Lab. I just missed the boat on the movie. Now, if I say that I really enjoyed the Powerpuff Girls and the movie, there's nothing weird or untoward in that, right? No, you're They're fine. animated. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I quite If you start talking this. about how hot Blossom is, then I'm going to be concerned, but. Well, I'll keep my thoughts to myself. Thank you. You're welcome. From Affair, what alternate version of a comic book character that hasn't been done yet would you be most excited to see in a feature film? Alternate Ooh. version. Ooh. That's interesting. You know, I would love to see the Red Sun Superman. Oh, yeah. I, I would, like, I they, they would never, they're not going to do these one-off movies, but if they did, like, if DC Studios ever gets to the point where they're going to do, like, limited series, I would love to see them do Red Sun. That'd be very cool. Yeah. I mean, just the whole, for those of you who don't know, Superman ends up landing in Soviet Union instead of the United States, and it goes from there. I'd love to see that done. Yeah. What was the alternative universe Justice League? The evil Justice League? Yeah, the ones that the, were real the crime, the, the crime syndicate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with 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 Power Ring and, and Ultraman. And yeah. I, lo I would love to see. I think that'd be that. really fun, It'd too. It'd be great. But we have to, you know, build up some Justice League stuff before we can get there. It's true. Yeah. But then Luther is the only hero in that universe. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I love that. Mm -hmm. They're great. Be fun. See that again. And is that... It, or... Oh, we have one from Bright. Oh, okay. I'm excited to see what happens with Black Knight and MCU. I love when they use lesser-known characters that don't have expectations, like Guardians. Yeah. I no, I agree. I I mean, I because that that leaves it fresh for everybody, and you see how they're going to interpret these characters. You know, the Black Knight and what they did with Dane, and if they're gonna how they're gonna let that unfold. Yeah. I I, it, I think it's going to be awesome, and of course. That character does interact with characters like Hercules Avengers. You know, they're all part of that same, which I love. I mean, and, and I think I was hoping that with Shang-Chi, they would lean more into some more of those characters. I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to do a whole Black Knight movie. I'm sure he'll be he'll play a part in the Blade film. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so uh, whatever that's going to be, I mean, I hope so, at least. Yeah. Well, with that post credit scene, I feel like yeah. that's that's they got to lead somewhere. Yeah. It feels like a sure thing, but I don't want to say it's a sure thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. That brings us to the end, Chris. The end of issue number 11. Issue 11. Wow. Of this, the weekly hero. Well, I want to thank my esteemed... Well, you already said where people can find you. We'll say it again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, bud. Uh, you can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Twitter and Instagram. Or if you're interested in my voiceover classes or getting a demo created, you can go to Speak Friends Studio either on Instagram or our website and learn how to get your foot in the door of the voiceover industry. And of course, I'm, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett. You can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work. I want to thank, of course, Taylor Gonzalez for producing this show. Thank you. Thank you. And I would like to thank Jonathan Boyko for executive producing this show. And most of all, I want to thank you guys for generously supporting this show via Super Chats and giving us good things to talk about. And uh, also, please comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. We want to keep this show alive. Yeah. Who knows how many issues we can go? Exactly. Smash that like button. Share this video. Tell your friends. I don't want this uh, show to start uh, or end after the 20th issue, just like my beloved Atari Force did. Oh. But they did have one special. So that 
was not a total wash. I guess. But they'll never bring that comic back. Yeah. And on that note, I want to say thank you all for being here and thanks for being a part of issue 11. Read Watchmen. And and if you can, get the individual issues and have the experience I did, even though I just ruined it for you. Go to your local comic shop. That's what we want you to take away from the show, too. Go to your local comic shop and get physical comics, you guys. It's so good and fun to have them in your hot little hands. That's correct. And a special thanks to our grand poobah in the sky, Mr. John Campia, for allowing us to do the Weekly Hero.